what do you think? I'm Al. And I'm C. And we're joined with our resident weeb, Jay. Say hi, Jay. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not a weeb. What the hell? Listen, we I've, needed a weeb for this episode, and you're <clears throat> replacing the weeb. So you're the weeb. But what about you? I think, I think, well, I'm, yeah. I'm the host. I, I'm no, the host. no. But Al, you're, you can be a you're weeb a and a host. You can be, yeah, you can be a weeb and a host. Oh, come on. Well, what, what's Jay going to be? We, we needed like a weeb expert here. What are we going to do? Let them vote? It's like, no. Uh, <laughs> Weebs voting? Oh, my God. What does the no. world come to? God. Um, no. Al, I think of the three of us, you are the most weeb by a lot. Yeah, but I'm also the host. So that means I can't go weeb all the way, you know? Well, Jay is actually incapable of going weeb. Um, I, as far as I I'm get- aware. I get Dragon Ball Z, and that's about as weeb as I get. Okay, 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 fine. And that's not even weeb anymore. Like, by by Zoomer, which we're not, but by Zoomer standards, that's, like, not weebish to like that. Uh, Audience... Audience people just know that even though we're not Zoomers, we're also not ancient, so please. No, no. We're millennials. (laughs) But anyway, we are reviewing the third installment of this Rocky spinoff franchise, Creed Three. This time directed by Michael B. Jordan, who plays Adonis Creed. The one and only. Uh, that's, yeah. all, that's all you have to say? Well, no, I mean, I, we're, let's get into it. Yeah, he's, it's his directorial debut, and I think we're going to talk about that. It's, I, so yeah. so I, I know like, like when, when we stop recording, uh, you, you guys have said, hey, Al, why don't you just ask us the questions beforehand? And I'm like, I'm like, you know, I don't want to ask the questions beforehand because, you know, I like the spur of the moment type deal with it. But I don't want to ask a question this time around. You don't? No, no, no. I, I honestly, guys, honestly, I just want to gush about Jonathan Majors. Do you guys want to gush about <laughs> First Jonathan of all, Majors? With this, me? this, this, hold on. This is uh, Quantum Mania and uh, Devotion all over again. But in even a bigger moment, it's it's an escalation because uh, when the three of us reviewed Devotion, we were like that Jonathan Majors, he's he's really good. And uh, then uh, when when C and I reviewed Quantumania, we're like, he he's was the only good thing. <laughs> he's the only good thing. And and really and truly, like I I just want to gush about him. I don't know. JG, is he your new wanna... crush? Is he your new crush? Yeah, pretty much. I, I'm yeah. not gonna lie. He's he's my new crush, Jay. What do you think? I mean, he's definitely becoming one of my favorite actors out there. Um, I I just hope that we don't get to a point where there's too much Jonathan Majors and we get oh. over Jonathan Majors. We we don't want, want the Jay Law situation, right? Yeah, I want a healthy healthy amount of Jonathan Majors. He's he's come out in what three movies this year? That's enough. No, I that's think, enough. Let me let me let me double check. No, this he, year, well, wait, this well, year two, three movies. Devotion was last year, right? So he's got one more this year, and then I don't want to see him in, until 2024. Uh, let's see. Um, actual, okay. So it looks like it looks like Creed Three is the last finished thing for 2023. But oh my God, he's gonna play Dennis Rodman in a, in an upcoming movie. Oh, oh hell God. yeah. That's oh, hell perfect. Yeah. That's, oh hell okay. yeah. Oh, that makes God. sense. Oh my God. That makes oh, sense. Oh my God. Oh God, no! This this guy, like, listen, he, you know, that Oscar nomination was quick. Um, <laughs> just probably, uh, you just know, he, he was he was in the running to get a uh, best supporting actor for *The Five Bloods*, but uh, obviously, Del, uh, Delroy Lindo got it. Who Delroy Lindo played his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, not yeah, Jonathan Majors. Like, I I'm just so impressed by this guy. He kind of. He appears in a supporting role in uh, the. I want to get the title right. The the last black man of San Francisco. Which that movie? Here's the thing. That movie is very pretty, but unfortunately very boring. The best thing that movie did was release who Jonathan Majors was. Okay, so that was the that was his first big leading role, Uh, or or that was his first like like. Nope. What's what's I'm trying to think. It was of the his right first time. big role. It was his first big role. Honestly, it, he wasn't the lead, but he was the supporting actor. Yeah, he was. He was part of the cast. It was his first like 
cast name role. His actual first like big Hollywood movie was uh, Hostiles. Oh yeah, he was I in. Forgot Host- he was, I forgot he was in that. He was in Hostiles. He's like in it for like five minutes, uh, and then uh, and then he plays like a very very tiny role in White Boy Rick. But the last black man in San Francisco was the one where he's like, okay, this, th- th- it's a, it's a meaty role, right? It's a supporting role, but it's a meaty role. Then you know he does Captive State, which did not do well. Uh, but really and truly, what kind of got him the first big leading man role was Lovecraft Country, which came out in 2020. Uh, and then he had a supporting role, uh, a big supporting role in Spike Lee's The Five Bloods, which also came out in 2020. And then he made his official MCU debut with Loki, uh, which we talked about in our Quantumania review. Uh, then uh, he also made one movie in 2021, The Harder They Fall, which is on Netflix, which, listen, it's, it really is the definition of style over substance. But, man, it's, it's such a good stylish Western. And, uh, yeah, and he's really good in there, too. You've seen, so you've seen it? I've seen it, yeah. Yeah, he has... He has like amazing, amazing chemistry with uh, Zazie Beetz, R.J. Kyler, uh, uh, Edie Gethegi. Like he has great chemistry with the with that trio. And then like his rivalry with Idris Elba. Like ooh, I was like I was digging it. I I I thought the story the story was pretty predictable. Like a, an hour in, I was like, okay, this is gonna be the twist. And it turns out I was right. Uh, but man, he had great chemistry, and that was kind of when I was noticing. It was like, man, this guy knows knows how to make chemistry with his castmates, and then devotion kind of cemented that with me. <clears throat> he had, like, not not only did he have amazing chemistry with Christina Jackson, who played uh, his wife Daisy, uh, but the chemistry he had with Glenn Powell was just like, I was like, wow, these guys, these guys, these guys, these guys, these guys need to make a bro road movie together. And uh, <laughs> can I can I tag on to this though? Yeah, yeah, tag on. So like, so like something I've noticed that that what he does in his acting is that he's a very big listener when he's yeah. in a scene with someone else, and he'll 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 take a beat and he'll listen to what the other person is saying, and then he'll he'll respond with his lines. And I think that helps build that chemistry. Like like he's he's investing in what that other character is saying and what that other actor is giving them, and then he's he's taking it and he's, and he's using that to, to bring out his next line. And I think that helps out his chemistry as well. So, yeah. And, uh, then in quantum mania, uh, not to get into spoilers, but his first big scene, it's, it's almost like a, like a kind of like an action romance meet cute almost where I was like, I was like, damn that I, this guy's charming as fuck. And, uh, then, then we have Creed three, where we're like, where, where really and truly the interactions he has with uh, Michael B. Jordan's Donnie Creed, really is the foundation for this movie. Like I would even argue more so than, like, uh, like Donnie's relationship with. Well, I mean, it's not alluded to, which I think everyone knew going into this. Like, like. The, the relationship between Donnie and Rocky is not commented upon at all. Um, the relationship between Donnie and Tessa Thompson's character, Bianca, I mean, it's still there, but it's not as prevalent as the relationship between Damien and Donnie. Damien Anderson, played by uh, pl- played by Jonathan Majors. Oh, and one addendum to like the Jonathan Majors movie thing. He had does have one more movie coming out this year. He plays a bodybuilder. Hmm. Well, he looks the part already, so, yeah. Yeah. The, it's called Magazine Dreams, so be on the lookout for that review. Alrighty. Um, all right. I'll have a lot to say about that. <laughs> uh, do you guys want to add anything else about Jonathan Majors before we watch the trailer and give our Creed 3 review? Um, I think what I'll have to say about him will come in the review in a good way. <clears throat> I'm going to say it now. Within five years, one, two Oscar noms, one win for acting. I I will put money on that bet. I would put money yeah. on that bet. Straight Within up. the next five years. Yeah. Within yeah. the next five years, definitely he's gotta, a nomination. He's got to take the right projects, though. He's got to pick the right projects, though. Yeah. But yeah. Within the next five years, I think I think we're going to be hearing about, about him. I, I really do think that 
a very underrated and undercommented talent of an actor is knowing which project to jump on. Oh, a lot are really bad at that, and we're learning that. There's another movie out right now that has made some of us question a certain actor's ability to pick movies. So it, 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 that's actually a very good point, Out Like, sometimes an actor just wants to be... They want to be in a certain kind of movie or do a certain... They, they want to experience doing a certain thing but they don't necessarily know or or don't have the wherewithal to realize that that's a good movie to pick. Yeah. I, and listen, Jonathan Majors has only been steadily working since 20, really 2018 technically, but really since 2019. And I mean, like the only thing I see here since black man in San Francisco is captive state is the only real dud. Really? Yeah. Which was an the thing is, Captive State had an interesting idea that just wasn't done, wasn't pushed to its full potential. And yeah. by default, that's the kind of idea you have to push to its full potential, or it doesn't work. And it didn't yeah. work. Yeah. So how about we watch the trailer for Creed Three and then we we give our review. Let's go. The higher you get, the harder it gets. That's life. Cause this is a war. It's a fight, it's a battle. So, how long have you known each other? We was like brothers. One day you came back. The past came back too. There may have been a time when Damien had your back. No friends in the industry. But that's not what he's doing now. My brother's been my brother's mate. They no kidding me up that. Before I got locked up, I was the best. You a coward, bro. And a fraud. Try spending half your life in a cell. Watching somebody else live your life. I had to draw the line. I'm just getting started, little brother. I had to draw the line between my brothers and my enemies. I'm coming for it all. He's not going to stop. Then you make him. The one and only Adonis Creed, you're the best pound for pound fighter in the world. Three years ago, it's been a minute since you've been out in these streets. When I walked away from boxing, I walked away with some unfinished business. You see that man right there? Do you remember him? Hey, hey. No friends in the industry. I had to draw the line between my brothers and my enemies. A fact. Let us start if we don't want to keep it rap. Yeah, you hit us up and now we owe you something back. Don't let him destroy everything you've built. Everything we've built. Yeah, I had to draw the line between my brothers and my enemies. My brothers and my enemies. My brothers and my enemies. You out there boxing. I need you to start fighting. That is the first time. And, you know, I got to say, it's a shame that our, you know, our listener doesn't get to see um, the trailer. But that's the first time I've seen that trailer. And that's a really good one. Like, full full credit. Like, that one's good. I'm actually partial to the first trailer, not the teaser, the first trailer that ended up with the two cowboy shots like the two hero shots of Jonathan Majors and Michael B. Jordan, like with their contrasting colors that, that I preferred that one, but I played this one just because like, you know, it, it, it just sounds better. <laughs> just quite frankly. True. Um, and one thing right. that these movies really do well is like they, they mix hip hop and rap into traditional movie scores. And I love that they do that in this, in the trailer and the trailer and in the movies in general, like it, it really helps out everything. That's actually a good point, Jay. Because not only they did, they don't just do it, but they do it well. There are a lot of movies that try to do what, in that sense, what the Korean movies do, and they do it really badly, or it's just it's off-putting, or just not the right placement. So that's yeah. This <clears throat> this there's a very good balance with this. All right. So on to Creed. All right. Um, I know we spent 
the first part of this episode just gushing about Jonathan Majors. No, you spent the first part of this episode gushing about okay. Jonathan Majors. Okay, okay, okay. Fair, fair, fair. But again, this is a Creed movie. Um, so I think the common consensus is that the first Creed movie was like a lightning in a bottle type situation where people were like, a Rocky spinoff? What? Uh, with, directed by the guy who did Fruitvale Station with the Michael B. Jordan guy from from uh, Friday Night Lights. Uh, okay. And then it turned out to be arguably either the second or third best Rocky movie of the franchise. Um, I would say second best for it my got, money. It got uh, Sylvester Stallone, his most recent Oscar nomination. And uh, some some would argue that he was robbed that year from from the nomination, like uh, from from the win. You mean? Yeah, from the win. Um, and everyone were was raving how it was such a great character piece for Rocky, for Adonis Creed, how it recontextualized the relationship between Apollo, who died in Rocky Four, and Rocky, like like and. Obviously, it kind of it, it revitalized the franchise, which had been dormant for what five or six years up until that point. The last one was in two thousand seven, so oh, actually eight years. It had been dormant for eight years up until that point. Um, for a good then, reason, too. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, it, no one's de- no one's denying that part. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Rocky Balboa has some good parts, but ultimately, the whole idea of Rocky Balboa is. It's Cheesy. a farce. It's it's a farce. For me, it yeah. was a farce. Now, uh, Creed made a ton of money, and immediately there was there was a green light for a for a second one. Uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on who you ask, uh, uh, Ryan Coogler was very busy with a small film called Black Panther, so he could not return to direct. He uh, did help write the story. And then uh, Sylvester Stallone took it away, writing the story with uh, Cheo Hodaki Coker and uh, Joel Taylor. And directing duties was given to an up-and-coming director called Stephen Capel Jr., who actually directed the most recent Transformers movie, which is coming out later this year. No, oh, cool. Um, and, you know, I think it can be easily said that the reception to Creed II was mixed. Because Creed Two is basically Rocky Four Redux, and it wasn't so much a, like. I I guess the best way to put it was that, obviously, a big part of of Donnie's character arc is that he's chasing the shadow of a father that he never knew. He was born after Apollo Creed died, and he comes to see. Rocky as the father he never had. And in Creed 2, they kind of have to set that aside to make him have these feelings for Apollo and want to kind of avenge Apollo's death by fighting uh, by, by fighting Ivan Drago's son. And, you know, it, obviously we went from a very grounded Creed to a much more Rocky-ish boxing movie cliche Creed 2. Um, I personally think that while the story was a bit too cheesy for me, I will say that I, and I I know this is a bit of a hot take, I think Stephen Capel Jr. did a better job with the sound design in Creed 2. In Creed 2, I don't know, maybe it was the theater I was in, I don't know, those punches sounded so much harder and so much more painful than they did when I saw the first Creed in theaters. Um, but but mixed reception. What what do you guys do? You guys agree that did you guys have a mixed feelings towards Creed two? Did you guys even see it? We have we have different opinions on Creed two. <laughs> I, I was waiting for this. I'm like, uh, literally, I'm like, oh my god, Jay and I had this discussion. Holy sh- holy shit! But Jay, please, the f- please. So, I believe and rightly believe that Creed two is the best of the trilogy because. Because now, now you're right. It it does, it does seep into that kind of cheesy Rocky storyline. But with that storyline, it's bringing it back into the Rocky universe. Um, um, and and. But but I I like Creed two because with everything that Creed two has, 
all the storylines are there and they get resolved. And it, and it's it's you know, uh, uh, Creed one is about Donnie making a name for himself, and then Creed two is about having to live live with that name and live with what that name means. Um, and I think it was just such a it it definitely uh catches the momentum of Creed One and and runs with it. And I think that father son relationship is still there. Um but it's more uh it, it's it's less of a, a full father son movie because there's more aspects to it, but but there's also conflict between him and Rocky as well. So so I I think Creed Two is the best one by okay. far. Okay. So what about you, C? So Speaking, so when I do not agree uh, with that, I think I enjoyed Creed 2 a lot. It, I actually agree with what Jay said, where it does bring the Rocky universe into the fold in just the right way. I do see that, and I, I completely agree. My thing was more that when just comparing Creed to Creed 2, Creed 2 was this, or sorry, Creed 2 was this, um, there's so much that happened and so little that happened in Creed 2 for me. Like, yes, he's avenging his father, so to speak. He's going back. He's facing, he's facing real loss as well in many ways. But at the same time, I just didn't feel like the stakes were there because and and be let's be clear I understood the point of the movie was he's won the title now he has to defend the title but my thing was is I, by the, while I'm watching the movie I think it just wasn't as big for me because it, it was the fact that he had already won one of the things that makes the original rocky films work so well is that is the fact that he loses but he loses gloriously he loses beautifully and that's what makes that movie work and rightly so creed one had creed win that that let that be the difference that makes total sense and that works incredibly well wait creed didn't win in the first one oh yeah sorry Uh, jesus um he we apologize for the misinformation audience jesus yeah we are so sorry that c is wrong about these movies all right. We're just, I guess oh my gosh. I, I have what is con- wrong with you? What is wrong with you? I have to concede. Let's move on. Okay. Okay. <laughs> let me let me just say something that I'm actually We're really, cutting that out. So <laughs> I'm actually really happy that Jay set really likes Creed 2 because, listen, I, I will say this. I think Creed 2 had, I know I just said it had the better sound design. Deep, deep down, I think it had the better fights. Just, I'm, I'm being honest. Like that being said, I, I do think the first Creed is a, the better overall movie. Now, before we get on to Creed 3, both Creed, both the first Creed and the second Creed had a big, big problem that we made that for me made these films go from like just some of the best sports films ever made. And it's a big problem that I, I, I went crazy. I felt like I was being gaslit by the world that it never got brought up in that. Uh, the first Creed and the second Creed, the villains are not played by actors, but are played by, uh, in the first Creed, uh, Conlon is played by retired boxer Tony Bellew. And in Creed 2, uh, Ivan Drago's son, whose name escapes me, uh, Victor, is played by boxer and mixed martial artist Florian Montaigne. And in both cases, this was their acting debut. And I don't know about you guys, and we haven't talked about this. I don't think we ever talked about this beforehand. But by far, the, the, the fact that these non-actors were playing a pretty big part of the movie, which is the villain, it just, every time the villain came on screen, even during the fights, I was just not impressed at all. Especially with Victor Drago in Creed Two, Like, he had, like, the face... But I really didn't feel like he sold the pain of a kid who missed his mom. 
Okay, for the record, the reason why I messed up on the ending of Creed 1 was because Adonis does knock the guy out. Okay, for the record. Yeah. I understand it. But it, and, it, and, he, and the other guy won on split decision. Okay. I was like, I know he knocked him out. All right. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I just, I was like, I can't be that fucking dumb. Jesus. <laughs> Moving on. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Uh, did you guys feel the same way that I felt about the first two villains? Or, or am I really just alone in this? I mean, I see what you're saying. I think I think it works better in Creed Two because they they give more story to the antagonist, and you've got you know Ivan Drago there, kind of pushing him along the way, so that I think it works better because there's more around him um, than in Creed One. But like, you're not wrong. Like, I I like, agree with that. You're not you're not wrong, but well, no, I agree that you're not wrong, but I would say that what makes it work in the first Creed is the fact that we're more focused on yeah, the character yeah. of Adonis. So it's like it's not that you don't care, but it's kind of like I'm focused on Adonis's story, so I'm gonna run with that. And the fact that it's played by an actual fighter is not as big of a deal for for me. Yeah. So and. Okay, um, so yeah, Creed three. We finally have like an actual like classically trained actor playing the villain, and I I think we've alluded to this enough. I think it Jonathan Majors is a big big reason why this film to me is is a rounding success, a rousing success. I all the complaints I had about the first two Creeds, those do not exist in Creed three. Um. And the one worry I did have was that, listen, I was very impressed with Ryan Coogler when he made Fruitvale Station. So I was, I knew to expect to at least expect competent directing when he decided to make Creed. I didn't expect I was going to get like really, really solid directing. Like, I don't think Creed is his best movie, but it's, it's a solid entry into his filmography. And then uh, even Stephen Capel Jr., uh, he had made a pretty acclaimed indie movie before he jumped on to do Creed two. What did he make? Uh, he made he made like a crime, like a gang movie set in uh, in Cleveland called The Land. Mm, okay. Yeah, it's it's kind of like think um, think like uh, like uh, like these Lost Boys. Like think think a very American indie version of Attack the Block without the aliens. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, it, right. it's like yeah, it's 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 pretty good, um, and uh, I personally think he directed the hell out of the fight scenes in Creed Two, and I'm not surprised that he's now jumped onto his own blockbuster franchise in Transformers. Good for him. I I'm really happy for him. And you know, like they say, uh, it's always good to have these young these young voices from from different parts of America coming in to make movies in Hollywood. So when Michael B. Jordan was announced as the director, I was like, I don't know if you guys felt the same way, but I was like, oh, God, Creed 3 is going to be a vanity project. Oh, this is going to suck. Like, I love Michael B. Jordan as an actor, but, like, you know. What was that? I disagree. You, you weren't well, worried I just, at all? No, because, because, and this is what Elizabeth Banks did with, uh, uh, her first director on debut, you have, and you have an actor who has been in two installments already, who who knows the character, who knows who knows the um, all cast, the crew, and and knows what is expected of this movie. So he's already in a safe place directing Creed three because of Creed one and two because he's already been there and he's been next to Kugler and the other guy. All along the way, and and you know with Kugler producing this as well, he's got that safety net behind him, and that's what that's what Elizabeth, Elizabeth Banks did with Pitch Perfect. That's what a lot of like Star Trek actors did. Like a lot of uh, Star Trek actors who are now like like regular TV directors now, they got their start because they wanted to direct. So they were like, "Hey, all right, direct this episode or shadow this director, and then we'll get you an episode next season or something." And 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 it's that safety net of of being being on set on a set that you know so then you're going to be a lot more comfortable and you're going to be able to like really focus on what you want to do 
and you're gonna have have people that you trust with you that be like, mm, this doesn't work. Oh, this works. I like this. You know, go mm-hmm. for it. That's that's a great point, Jay. I, I at least at the time I never considered that that oh this would be like continuing in a franchise that you lead like like you know. But do you see where I'm coming from? Where it's like like oh gosh, he kind of wants to be the star on both in front and behind the camera. Like and there are sometimes where that situation doesn't work out well, but from your perspective, that like yeah, that that makes total sense. Um, but I will say this: when when Michael B. Jordan started, well, actually, and I'm not I'm not gonna brag, but I guess this is kind of bragging. C and I actually have someone that we knew from college who was like one of the stunt coordinators for this, mm. and on his Instagram, he just started posting about Creed Three. And uh, he posted one of the last things he posted was like an interview that Michael B. Jordan was giving about like, you know, how did he feel directing the latest installment? And he started talking about the things that influenced him in in like his vision for the project. And guys, I, I think it's pretty it's pretty well known at this point. Like he's not afraid of admitting it. But Michael B. Jordan is a certified weeb. The man probably will be the reason there there is a hollywood naruto movie in the horizon oh he's gonna make sure of that he uh, he's known that he's like the biggest naruto fan he's a naruto fan a dragon ball z fan he's a big bleach fan naruto is his number one though um and he talked about how what he wanted to do was tell a story about two rivals like he saw between naruto and sasuke goku and vegeta um, you know, uh, you also he, see his love of anime, even in the first Black Panther movie, when he's the villain, there are certain shots where he very clearly is meant to look like Vegeta. And, uh, and he talked about how he loved watching a lot of sports anime growing up as a kid. And the one sports anime he mentioned, which that's when I was like, okay, this movie might actually be something to watch was when he said, there's this anime called Hajime no Ippo which is basically like the Rocky franchise in Japan, but it started off as a comic book and became an anime in the late eighties, early nineties. And it basically single-handedly revitalized boxing in the country of Japan. And Mm. when, when I heard him say those words, I was like, holy shit. And when he said, Oh, and like the fights, I kind of want to bring that into live into the live action space. I was like, holy shit, Michael B. Jordan. Creed 3 is Michael B. Jordan trying to make anime real. And gentlemen, I'm a big weeb. You guys have outed me as a big weeb. I got to say he succeeded in every front imaginable. Honestly. So, so yeah. Um, and I think you're right about that. I think you do see... I didn't catch the... If no one had told me that that was his inspiration... I can't be fully honest and say that I would have caught that on my own. I'll admit you, that. You've seen anime that 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 basically Michael B. Jordan stole like frames from, shots from. Uh, the the big one being like in the trailer, you see him getting punched in the stomach. That is a that is a very very famous shot from Hajime no Ippo, and that uh, during the Frieza Goku fight in Dragon Ball Z. The, the Toei animators like pretty much recreated that shot when uh, Goku punches Frieza. And I'm pretty sure that's the shot. That was the direct reference Michael B. Jordan was making. Almost every of the slow-mo shots is directly from like an either a fighting anime or a boxing anime or, or one of those fantasy animes. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I really do feel he succeeded in that regard. And um, I I genuinely feel like even though the story was a bit familiar, I could just really feel the passion this guy had in making this movie. Really, yeah. really, I don't do. What, what do you guys think, Jay? What are your thoughts? I mean, what are we talking? We're talking about the movie now, or what, what are we talking about? <laughs> just you it's... went you went for years there, just talking about weeb stuff, but I kind of just zoned out. Uh, well, it's that the well, weeb well, stuff you... was inspiration. What yeah, I mean it works. Um, uh, the the style here is definitely new to the franchise and new to boxing movies in general. 
and I really like that because we get to the point in the fight where I think it was like the third round where they take out the entire audience and everyone and it's just them and and you see and you see what they're fighting about too because they're bringing it around them and I uh that that definitely like caught my attention and got me re-energized into this movie um so yeah no definitely works for me um i i obviously didn't get all the references that you got um you were sending us pictures after like oh this was this shot this was that shot like i get it but i mean you know it it, if it's he took his influences and he and he did it well i'll say that as yeah i now here's the thing though here's the thing though here's the thing though I don't want C to be talking about how like oh, like I like it, but he I got all the references and we've seen it before, so yeah. Because you said that, you said that on this podcast. Yeah, and I'm just gonna just gonna prevent not, you from saying that on this I'm one. I'm not denying that I've said that. Yeah, if I see the references, I'll I'll make note of them. I think that's reasonable. I I don't think. I don't think making references is a bad thing because that's literally Quentin Tarantino's entire career. <laughs> I don't think it's a bad thing either. I just think, you know, you knocked all quiet for that. Exactly. It's not, I said it's not oh always. A, it's not always a bad thing. It's not oh always my. a bad thing. Oh, it's not you're really... just mad that I didn't. I liked All Quiet. You're just mad that I didn't like suck its dick. Jesus. Oscar winning All Quiet on the West. Yes. Side. Yeah. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah. Again, I didn't suck it. I'm right. just mad that that was the only reason you knocked it was because you saw other references. Like, come on. <laughs> You're not gonna do any better. Come on. Well, first, of, uh, well, last thing I'll say about that is when when we literally did a war movie marathon together over the course of a few years, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. Don't do There's, don't do don't do genre marathons with C anymore, Jay, because you're just gonna ruin yeah. any, any new movie for him. And we'll be like, well, I know where that's from. I know where that's from. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. We're but, not yeah. even done with that marathon. Anyways. Uh, but anyway, uh, back to Creed three. Um, so, yeah, I think on on the visuals, I really I really do think uh, Michael B. Jordan succeeded as a, as a director in that regard. But I was also quite impressed, and I think. Jay, this kind of ties back into like he's in a safe environment that he knows he's worked with directors. He's, he's worked with Sylvester Stallone. So he knows how to bring about the, uh, the realism bet- within the characters for the story. I was, I was very surprised that the character work done in Creed 3 is quite good. It's, it's not, I don't think it's as good as the first Creed. But I think it's damn close. Like the the work that happens between Donnie and Bianca, played by Tessa Thompson, I felt is very very. I felt the truth in that. Uh, and uh, this isn't a spoiler, but and she is in the trailer. But we're we're introduced to a more uh, kind of like the young child version of 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 their daughter. Um, what was her name? Uh, Amara. 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 Right. The the. The scenes between Donnie and Amara, between Donnie, Bianca, and Amara, those those were really well. Those were my favorite, like non-Jonathan Major scenes. Those were my favorite because they they just felt so true to life. I don't know. What did you guys think? I completely agree. Those are really emotional. Not emotional. Those were really well put together scenes. I actually like. I mentioned this when we got out of the theater. I really liked the, what's the word? The fact that that Michael B. Jordan was willing to make himself actually look like a real dad, be silly, do the things a dad would do, um, and that they kept that, that they included that in this movie. Because you can see a lot of scenarios where they just, you know, they have the father-daughter relationship, but they don't, they don't show the more uh, silly moments. And I'll admit, yeah, there's a moment when he dresses up as a dinosaur and has a tea party with his little girl, and it was, it was just a very nice, tender moment to include that had a greater meaning and purpose. Yes, but it's just, I was very happy to see that both as the lead actor and as the director of this, Michael B. Jordan understood the importance of including something like that. And I really, that was really uh, nice. 
Jay, yeah, and, and this is also like a testament to the quality of acting we get from Michael B. Jordan and Tessa Thompson on most occasions. Um, I mean, and also they've also played these characters twice before, so so they understood the relationship. They understood the the dynamics here and the challenges with this family and and everything in there. And they already had great chemistry in the first movie. Uh, so then you bring in uh, a pretty good kid actor, which also like, how come all the best kid actors are deaf? <laughs> like, 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 have yeah. you guys noticed that trend? They're <laughs> the deaf kids are always really good actors. Um, <laughs> yeah. And 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 actually, genuine question: Is this actress was this actress actually deaf? Do we know? Yes, Mila okay. Davis Kent is deaf. Okay, I just yeah. was genuinely asking. Um, I think it's because they have to pay more attention. To what's going on so they're just and they're already naturally quiet but anyways um uh so there's just a, such a great dynamic here i do have some things to say about this later on when we get to the full uh review of creed but but that dynamics here really work and then of course you know we've 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 probably talked enough about jonathan majors but he's such a great actor and he's such a great uh giving actor he'll give He'll give up space for another person to come in to a scene, and and he does a great job here too. And then I'm just going to give a shout out to one of my favorite character actors, side actors, supporting actors, uh, Wood Harris, whom I've loved ever since. Remember the Titans. Um, uh, always, I'm always happy to see him in a movie, uh, the Creed movies, Dread, whatever. Um, he he definitely knows how to how to play his part and and can give that voice of reason to to create throughout this movie i i got i was actually going to mention wood harris is that you know you know he was a very i would say he was one of the smaller roles in the first creed you know he has a more sizable role in the second one but in this one like it's it's a big big leap you know where he's basically he's basically he's not rocky he's the um he's mickey He's Mickey. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and you know, he he obviously has to add his own flair because he's playing he's playing someone who's very very close to the Creed family, right? He he's the son of of Duke Evers, uh, who was uh, Apollo's uh corner man. And yeah, no, he added flair to to this role and to the point that like I I I feel like I can watch the first two and have a more fuller understanding of the character, even though he's not in him as much as he's in this one. And that's totally due to the fact that, yeah, he, he, he was given a larger role and he took advantage of it. And he, he went from being like, not a background character, but you know what I mean? Like, like the character who's just kind of there says a few things and then kind of disappears to like someone who like, this is a guy who's been watching out for Donnie for his whole life. And, and, (laughs) And you, I'm sorry, but you actually see that the most, the best part of that is in, so as we've seen in the trailer, there are some flashback scenes and he's in one of the flashback scenes and his, even though it's mostly nonverbal, it actually adds a lot to that character in a really nice way. It it adds great. It adds an amazing backstory where you're like, oh, this guy's been watching out for Donnie since he was a kid, you know, and it just makes you know, I like it when they when they were able to build out characters in those little ways because it just makes for a more satisfying viewing experience. Um, uh, before you know, before we continue, shout out to Felicia Rashad as uh, Marianne Creed. You know, this she also kind of fulfills that other part that the Mickey Rocky role kind of fall, falls into, like that paternal figure who's like in a vulnerable state. And that, you know, the, the hero, in this case, Donnie, is, like, holding on to them to, for dear life. Like, you know, she's not in this movie a lot, but when she was, wow, she really, really acted the hell out of the role. I don't know if you guys oh, have any I, thoughts on that. I agree. I mean, it, yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of surprising because I thought she was just all right in the first two. Like, like knew knew what her role was and, and did it well but this time around uh was definitely 
a step up, and I was very impressed. Yeah. One, so I know you guys are probably going to roll your eyes on this, but here's the thing I'll say about Jonathan Majors. Maybe, maybe, maybe this will start a, this will start an argument. This, this might start an argument, or it might not. Sure. I think I think uh, the character of Damon, Damon Diamond Dame Anderson. I think he's he's definitely at least the second best villain in the entire Rocky franchise. He may even be the best one. Okay, well, here's actually this is something uh, I'll let Jay get into this, but one thing Jay and I were talking about was the strengths of the antagonists in all three movies. Um, and I will say that as a character of the as a character antagonist, yes, I agree that this character is the strongest antagonist. However, the real antagonist in the first Creed movie is it's more Creed against the world, or you know, man versus society, so to speak, or something like that. And that, oh, and, oh, and that the real anti- the real physical fighter isn't as big of a deal because of that in the first oh, one. Oh, just to be clear, I mean the entire Rocky franchise. Oh, the entire Rocky franchise. I think I oh. think Diamond Dame has is definitely at least the second best. And depending so, on how so it's it's him and Tommy Gunn and who else? Uh, uh, I'm kidding. Tom Gunn was awful. (laughs) (laughs) I was was gonna say it's him. Okay, so I don't know where I fall yet. I, I, I'm, I'm leaning that he might be better than Apollo Creed. No, he's not. But, no. Like, like, here's what I think. I think he's got, he's got the charisma. He's got the charisma of Apollo Creed. He's got the malice of Clubber Lang. And he's got the imposing, the physical, just imposingness of Ivan Drago, right? But here's the thing. I think he's actually going to fill the what Apollo Creed... And let me be clear. I have not watched all of the other Rocky movies. What's wrong with you? I don't, Do you hate America? Do you hate go. America? Here we go. Jay, are you for listening the, to this? For the record, for the record, I have seen three of the Rocky movies. I've seen Rocky 1, I've seen Rocky 2, and I've seen Rocky Balboa, okay? Those are the ones I've seen. I've not seen the others. But what Yeah, I'm, Al, you're not going to like my answer either. <laughs> but my point being is that I think that a Apollo Creed is the number one. But yes, and he becomes he doesn't stay an antagonist forever. We know that. But yeah, he. I think that what they're gonna put Jonathan Major's character in, he's gonna be put in that role, not a father figure role in that sense, but a supportive, more supportive role over time. Hmm. Uh, Jay, what do you think about my hot take? <sighs> I think there's a case for it. I haven't seen the first two Rocky movies. I haven't seen the first three Rocky movies, actually. Um, I know, like, what happens, and I've seen bits and pieces of it. Um, the only the only Rocky movies that I ever, like, sat down from start to finish to watch was Rocky Four and Rocky Balboa. Well, Otherwise, I didn't really care. Okay, I mean, all right. That's... that's... And, 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 and that's going to go... Here's the thing, though. Like, like... I I made a huge mistake on Creed One and Creed Two because I, I I the when Creed One was announced I was like oh great another Rocky movie and I didn't see it in theaters and I didn't see it until like a year after it came out I was like oh my god I slept on this and then I did it again for Creed Two Creed Three was the first uh, of the entire franchise that I saw in theaters I mean I mean Creed I I I hadn't seen any of the Rocky like. Rocky Balboa came out when I was when I was going to theaters on a regular basis, but like the the entire concept, the entire pitch of it was so ridiculous to me. Like a guy who's like almost seventy boxing, no, fuck that. Um, but then I did watch it. I was like, okay, it, it, I can give it a bit more credit than that. But he's fifty in Balboa, though, right? Was he's he? fifty. I, don't know. I thought he, he was. Yes, yeah, because he was he was sixty nine when Creed came out. Oh, okay, so yeah, he was fifty. Okay. Now. Now, um, I just, just kind of circling back to Dame. I 
one of the things I really liked about him is that he's, if you guys think about it, he's actually like the, he's actually like the quote unquote evil version of Rocky. He's the, he's the underdog who got a shot, right? He's the underdog who got a shot. No one believed in him. Everyone thought he's he was... Majin Vegeta. Yeah. Yeah. He's the, he's the underdog. And I love that it was this, this mirror image of like Rocky story where, where they, they even make a reference to that in the movie. That's the only Rocky reference they make was like, yeah, you're going to get that first shot. Like Rocky got that first shot. Um, and I was, I just love that concept that like, Oh, uh, diamond Dame is Rocky Balboa. If, if his, um, if he had a large, large chip on his shoulder and he felt like he got fucked over and Jonathan majors just sells that so well, so, so well, where I'm not going to lie at the end of the movie. I was in my mind. I was like, you know, if they make a spinoff with just Jonathan majors, I'd watch it. I'd watch it. You'd watch Jonathan majors, read a phone book for the record. I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, it's, (laughs) you would, you would. And he, you know, I'd check in on you every couple hours. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're not wrong, but uh, but yeah, no. I I I think Diamond Dame may be the best Rocky villain. So, and, and I stand by that. Interesting take. Uh, do you guys have any other thoughts before we give our final thoughts? Uh, well, well, and then when you put it like that, I'll just wait for the final thoughts. Uh, I I do. So so. The reason I put Creed two over Creed three is is the reason why I liked Creed two. Creed three doesn't do it as well. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of plots and storylines that just don't get wrapped up as well. And this is definitely I can chalk this up to a first time director just just you know. Just, you know, either missing out on it. And there's also, like, there's stuff in the trailers that we didn't see in this movie. So there's definitely a lot on the cutting room floor here. Um, uh, and I, and that could also be a first-time director's mistake as well, like shooting too much and having to cut it back down. Um, the one thing specifically that, that I was missing, well, two things. One, I understand that there's a lot of drama involving Sylvester Stallone but there needed to be at least a little bit more acknowledgement that he wasn't there. There could have been a graveyard visit scene. There could have been any any number of times they could have mentioned Rocky and what happened to him or something. There there could have been something there. Um and then and then with Amara, with his daughter, we start on a really good storyline that mirrors Creed's storyline in the first movie where she's a good kid, she just fights, which is a direct quote from the first grade movie uh, about, about a young Donnie um, as he's in juvie. And, and, and then we follow that up with, with Bianca going like, she needs to understand why you fight and when it's okay to fight and, and everything. And then that's the last we hear of that. The rest is just Donnie teaching her how to hit a bag. And then we get that really touching seen at the end and the ring but just just for me at least there really needed to be that like you know we really needed donnie to really take on that father role that teaching role uh for amara and and that would have made this just a more complete film and would have elevated to it a whole new level and and stuck with the whole uh parent child theme that we get throughout the whole Rocky universe. So that's, that's my thing. Hmm. I think that's a good, that's a fair explanation of a, of a unique take. I actually appreciate yeah. that. I, I, I agree. I, it, it's pretty obvious that like, it's one of those things where I guarantee you they, they were what they did a screening uh, and they, they probably, someone probably said it's too long. And that was probably the the first thing that got cut because this thing is barely over two hours. That is actually one thing that I'll mention too is we know that stuff got cut out because there's an earlier trailer with at least two scenes, at least, that aren't in there anymore. 
One is when he met in an earlier trailer. He uh, Adonis mentions Rocky in a, in one way, um, and then the other is this scene where it's Adonis and his wife and child sitting inside like a the uh, the open quarters of a prison, and all the people in the prison are cheering Creed's name. Um, which was in some of the trailers, but completely removed from the movie. So you are right that very clearly that there were certain things cut out, and it's still this movie still works very well for me, despite that. It's definitely one of those things where it looks like the keyword was we need to focus on the characters, and they just cut out some scenes. But I, I do kind of agree with Jay. Like, I, I did kind of think to myself, like, where, where did the where did the plot thread with Amara go? I really, I really wanted to see how, how that went because one of the, actually, the only good thing from Rocky V was when, uh, when Rocky's trying to teach his son, or it wasn't Rocky, it was um, Pauly. Pauly takes it upon himself to teach Rocky's son how to fight because he's being bullied. And that's literally the only good thing about Rocky V, that in the end, Rocky realizes, like, oh, I... I should be a dad to you and I'm going to teach you how to defend yourself. That's like the end of the movie. And yeah, no, I, I was like, Oh, this is like a shout out to Rocky five. I love it. it it's cause you know, it's, you know, it looks like it's going to be a Creed's take on that type of plot thread. And yeah, they drop it. And you know, it's kind of, you're kind of like, Oh, I want to see where it go. Cause I'm not going to lie. The, the reason Amara gets in trouble with the school. I'm like, man, fuck that. The other kid deserved it. Jesus. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That... Yeah. No, I'm right there with you, though. Like, like, yeah. But, but, and, but still, like, just, just that, that full circle, like, would have really completed Donnie's arc into becoming his own man without Rocky would have yeah. been to have that teaching moment with her. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, any other, any other points you guys want to bring up before we give our final rating? I'm ready for the final rating whenever you guys are. All right, Jay, you're first. You're our guest. Mm, man, so I've been really impressed with this whole trilogy. I definitely hope there's more, and I think they left it open for more because his last look at the ring, I felt kind of like, yeah, he wants to get back into it. So definitely in a couple years' time, I want to see a Creed Four. Um, overall, I had a lot of fun with this. Um was definitely very engaged the whole time. Uh, and, you know, I've already said all the reasons why I liked it. Um, the the fight, we went from round three to round 12 in a matter of seconds. So I feel like there could have been, like, a little bit more there. Maybe that was also cut out or something. Um, there's definitely, you know, as I mentioned earlier, just a lot of rookie mistakes with the with with the directing as a whole, but it's okay because it's still a great product. And, and if he had tightened up those rookie mistakes, then you would have had like something spectacular. So he did a great, we did a great job here. Um, and again, he was in a safe place, safe place to do that. Um, so he really excelled here. I'd be excited to see more, uh, more directing from Michael B. Jordan, um, as opposed to other directors we've talked about recently on this podcast. Um, Anyways, I'm going to give this a very, very high flush. So high that it's more likely a flux. <laughs> it's, it's, it's right there. So it flux for me. <laughs> See? Uh, um, I've mentioned before that whenever you see someone... Whenever you see a directorial debut done well or even good or even great, that just I I always find that more impressive. I I just I always will, I always have. Um and this is no exception. This is a really tight movie with yes, not it's not perfect. Without a doubt, you can definitely see when they removed certain things or just jumped ahead a little bit. But 
I was weirdly okay with that. And I think it was actually one thing Jay added how he's excited for another one. I think because once I was like three quarters of the way through the movie and I realized they were wrapping up, but maybe weren't actually wrapping up everything, I almost accepted the fact that, oh, well, I guess we're going to get that in, get to that in Creed 4. And uh, we'll see what happens. And normally you don't want to ever do that with a movie, especially part of a franchise. You want each movie to be good on their own. But I think because I'm loving this franchise so much, I did resign that a bit. Um, that being said, I give Creed 3, uh, I give it a flush. It's so good. Great experience in theaters. Great acting all around. A really, it was a real coming it was a real it was a coming to home moment for the franchise and i'm i'm very very excited to see where they go so a uh, a a full flush for me i when when a, when you know when you're directing a project a project like this and i'm not saying this is like a million dollar project but you know it's a, it's a big project to to be your first your first film like, I don't know if Michael B. Jordan had done short films beforehand. Uh, it, it seems like the, 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 the good strategy is to kind of play it safe, get your coverage, get, uh, don't, don't try to go too crazy with the camera movements because it might get away from you. Uh, you know, play it safe because kind of do the point and shoot type deal. And Michael B. Jordan was like, fuck that. I'm making anime real bitches. And to top it off, I'm going to direct Jonathan Majors. So fuck y'all. And I really do think he succeeded. I, I really do think he succeeded in having a solid, solid directorial debut. Like, it, this is kind of crazy to say, but I'd be interested to see, because uh, the only other franchise Michael B. Jordan is a part of is like a, um, a Tom Clancy franchise. And I'd be interested to see... If, if he directs like the next installment, how that's going to look. Cause I, I've seen, I saw the first one and I wasn't really that impressed with it. It's on Amazon prime. If you guys want to check it out. Are they, know. are they making more of that? Yeah, they are. <laughs> oh man. Okay. But, but if Michael he directs, direct, if he directs, even I'll give it a shot. Yeah. I'll give and it the a thing shot about those is like they're, they're like the action was good. It's just the story sucked. But again, I'll like, be just, uh, yeah. I, okay. I, Sorry. I, go ahead. I know what you mean. I know what you mean, Jay. I know what you mean. I, I'm not. I'm not saying you're wrong to give that sigh. Uh, I was really impressed. I was really impressed and how he directed the actors. How he, you know, and Jay, kind of like how you mentioned earlier in this episode, is that you know he's been in this world before. He's he's talked about these characters with Tessa Thompson, Ryan Coogler, uh, Stephen Capel Jr., Sylvester Stallone. You know, but still the fact that he was able to translate all that knowledge into creating well-realized characterizations for these roles is still very impressive. Very, very impressive. I love the visual style he gave for this. I really do think Jonathan Majors is just continuing to prove that he is one of the hottest actors in Hollywood right now. Um, yeah, no, this to me is, this, this fucks, this fucks for me. Uh, mm. I loved everything about it. You know, there, there, listen, this is a fox. It does have its issues. Like I really wish the Amara plot thread continued on. Um, and I, I do wish that it didn't move as briskly as it did. You know, sometimes, sometimes it's fine to have a two hour, 15 minute boxing movie, you know, especially if, if you just have good, good, juicy content. Uh, yeah, no, I, this, this has a very good shot of staying in my top 10 at the end of 2023. Honestly, truly. And I never thought I'd say that about a project directed by its lead actor. Cause I'll be honest that it doesn't seem that that always turns out for the best, but yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, that's my rating. Um, now we're at the dreaded end of the episode where we have no idea how to sign off. So let's, let's talk about this guys. How are we going to, we need to figure this out because yeah. we keep, we keep screwing up. And yeah. so, okay. Normally the way we do it is, well, this has been, what do you think? And, and you, I would say this has been, what do you think? I'm Al and then I'm a C and then we'd end it. But we've got a guest here 
a recurring guest, a recurring character, so Special to speak. recurring guest. Special recurring guest character. That's Mr. Special Recurring Guest to you. Mr. Recurring Special Guest Character the Third. Um, PhD. Yes. So, and uh, Esquire. Uh, so, what I'm wondering is, how do we do this? It's, well, there's been, what do you think? I'm Al, I'm C, and I'm J. Can we keep it that simple, guys? Are we able to do that? Or do we need to go further? How about but the, I got introduced at the start of the episode. Yeah. I should be introduced at the yeah, end of the yeah, episode. That, that's that's what right. I think. I think it should be, this has been, what do you think? I'm Al, I'm C, and... Uh, you and just this, said what? I, okay, go on. No, 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 no. Let me. Let the, me this let me. is the part that we we figure out before we start recording. Yeah. No, well, no, we're keeping this in. <laughs> all of it. Um, this is what do you think? I'm Al. I'm C. And who should say? And this is uh, joined by. Joined by. Okay. okay. Who should say joined by? Me or you, C? Well, it's a. It's we pass it back and forth. Okay, so, so I say joined. Joined by our friend Jay. That, and, just, and Jay should say thanks for having me. And then and then and then I go bye, you go good night everybody, and then Jay says bye. Does that sound good, everybody? Are we gonna? Do we need to practice around this? Do we need to do a? a, a rough no, take I think we're good. This? We're good. Hey okay, man, okay. I only do, do one take. Live. I only do one take. Okay. <laughs> All right. This has been. What do you think? I'm Al. And I'm C. Joined by our friend Jay. Hey guys, thanks for running the, the podcast I created. Bye. Good night, everybody. Bye.